0: Do you like all things spooky? How about chilling stories that have you reaching for the covers? In this podcast, we're going under the covers to delve into all things from chilling haunts to your worst nightmares. I'm Morgan. And I'm Emily. And this is why we don't Don't sleep alone. Hello, guys, and welcome back. Hope you guys had a great, I don't know, start to your week, because it's Wednesday, technically, I guess. So... This is midweek. This is midweek. How's it going? Are you okay? Are you?
1: I mean, it could be midweek for some people. Technically, Wednesdays are my Mondays. It's the start of the week for me. It's midweek for majority of the population.
0: Yeah. How you doing? You, is everyone okay out there? <laughs> No. Me neither. No. Um, I just wanted to hop on here and let you guys know before we started this episode today that every Wednesday whenever we do post an episode we post a little summary and a cute little picture and I say cute as a very loose term um, of the episode that we cover that day. So if you just want to check in and see if something that you want it to ruin the rest of your day you can check in on our instagram and see uh, kind of what the summary is for that day's episode we also post other things too which we think were funny so feel free to make fun of us on social media but we post other stuff too and we hope you guys enjoy that so today we're gonna be talking about the disappearance of andrew gosden which again this is another story that i didn't know about until emily told it to me and disappearances always make me feel uncomfortable you're the one that wanted a disappearance. I know, but they always do. I don't know why. This spooks me out more than ghost stories. That's a lie. That's not a lie. It's 100% a lie. That is not a lie.
1: Yes. <laughs> don't
0: even try to ask. I am really good at poker, Emily. Like, that is a lie. You aren't terrified of anything ghost related. More I'm not than saying any- that I'm not terrified. I'm just saying ghost disappearances make me more uncomfortable than ghosty stories because i don't know disappearances and ghost disappearances (laughs) 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 that's a good one just to give you guys a little bit of background on andrew before we really get into this case he was born in 1993 july 10th in balby um which is a suburb in doncaster south yorkshire in england and when Ever we kind of like read or research anything about his like childhood and all that kind of stuff it was just a very positive home his parents were very open-minded people um they were anglican christian if i feel like that's how you say it anglican anglican there we go look at you emily thank you for correcting me i appreciate it listen i'm the religious one here thank you you. someone's got to keep us up to date that's what i thought anyways they really didn't like to impose their beliefs on their son, Andrew. So they didn't get him baptized as a child because they wanted him to make that decision on his own. In 2006, Andrew kind of stopped going to church pretty early in his life. So it wasn't really like a bad thing that he wasn't going to church because they ultimately wanted him to make that decision on his own, which you come up from a pretty religious home. So like, how does that really work? dynamics wise between a parent being super religious and maybe the child not being super religious
1: so i think it's just really important that his parents were like this because i was raised super christian and i've always struggled with my faith and religion Mm -hmm. because my parents were they wanted me to be raised in a very positive christian home But I never had the choice of what to believe in, really. That's just what I believe in, and that's what I always will believe in. And there's, you know, I'm happy with that. But I still never had the choice in the matter. It just automatically was kind of drilled into me to Mm -hmm. where that's just my core beliefs. And the fact that his parents wanted him to make the choice for himself of what he believed in and what he wanted to follow is so important because it shows you how much they love him and care about him and want him to be his own person, not just direct reflections of them. Mm -hmm. And it also already puts in your mind that they're probably pretty open-minded people if they're allowing him to decide at... 12 13 years old
0: that he doesn't want to go to church anymore and they're fine with it Mm -hmm. which my parents gave me that decision so my 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 mom's parents are super religious and my dad's parents are super religious but my parents never really we only went to church like on like special holidays and stuff like that so i also was brought up with the same upbringing as uh, andrew where i wasn't forced into religion but they were like here's this, here's this, you decide if you're going to go or not. You know, it was that kind of thing. And I I went to like a youth group with you one time in high school, which was really, really cool. Didn't really not like it, but I just never really was interested in going to church. So it's cool to see like, Both sides of the spectrum and how really open-minded his parents were. Right. Um, He was also a Cub Scout as well, but he decided uh, that he didn't really want to be involved in it after a couple of months, and he never really said why. He just kind of lost interest in the meetings and all of the activities and the stuff that kind of went along with it. Andrew attended McCulley Catholic High School and was incredibly smart with a 100% attendance record, never missed a day. He was in the gifted program, which was super rare for someone to be in the gifted program or to even get accepted into the gifted program, which they only took the top 5% of pupils anyway. School and anything academic really came easily to him. He never showed any struggle with that kind of stuff, especially in mathematics. That was kind of his forte. And wasn't there like a two week residential program at some sort of like university nearby that he was able to attend.
1: Yeah, so over the summer of 2006, he attended this residential program in Lancaster University. And when he returned, he wasn't actually really happy about what had happened while he was there. That's all that there was for that. He just was not a huge fan of it. I don't know if he didn't have a lot of friends while he was there at the residential program. I know that he had some friends He had like a small friend group, but he kind of stuck to himself. If he wasn't with his friends, he really liked playing video games. Mm -hmm. So maybe as most
0: teenage boys
1: do. Right. And it might not be the coolest thing to do a two week residential program at a university as a gifted student when you're 12, 13 years old. Yeah. So he might not have had a good time for a number of reasons.
0: But he never really talked about why he didn't have a good experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was never any reports of him being bullied or having any sign of a mental illness or disability or anything like that. He was really... A regular kid. Yeah. A regular teenage kid. (laughs) Who just was really, really smart and good in academics.
0: Which his father talked about all the time, about how he excelled in school, But one downfall to Andrew was his street smarts just were not there. Street smarts were just not there. If you get that reference, I applaud you. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. But his maturity was just unmatched. It was ridiculous. So it kind of made up for those street smarts that he was able to kind of just logically think through some things. So once summer ended and school started, things seemed a little bit more bumpier than usual, especially for it only being eight days into the school year. His normal routine that he always stuck to, he broke twice in one week, which was just really weird for him. And he started walking home from school rather than taking the bus, which was a four mile walk. So I guess he needed just some time alone to think and didn't want to take the bus. But things overall at home seemed fine to his parents. It wasn't enough to like freak them out or Really be concerned because he's a teenage boy. Sometimes he just needed to get some time alone.
1: I feel like as a teenage boy, though, are you really going to walk four miles home
0: just for fun? Rather than taking the bus. Maybe he was avoiding someone. I don't know.
1: But it's only eight days into the school year. How much could be happening to where you already have to be avoiding someone? That. Is a very good point. It's so early into the school year. It's Mm -hmm. eight days. How bad are things already? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People are still trying to figure out their class schedules, they're trying to figure out what friends they have, what their lunch is. You know, you're not focused on attacking someone just yet Mm -hmm. normally. 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 You know, unless there's been a history of bullying, which there hasn't been, Mm -hmm. that anyone knows of. So it's a little odd that he decides to walk four miles
0: home every single day. Well, either way, it was the morning of September 14th in 2007, and Andrew woke up late and was more irritable than normal that his parents even noticed it. And this was extremely out of character for Andrew because he was, like, very level-headed, not very easy to anger. He was always on time and very responsible. Like, he had a full-on routine. And at 8.05
1: a.m., he said goodbye to his dad. And his dad said goodbye to him, said, I'll see you later, right? And he said, yeah, see you later. And he left his house to start walking to the bus stop where he would normally meet his friend but ended up taking a turn and walking to an ATM at a local garage. At this ATM, he withdrew 200 pounds from his bank account, which only left 14 pounds in his account, which he had to leave because the ATM would only withdraw in 20s. So I'm sure if he had the extra six pounds, he would
0: have ended up Probably emptying out out his...
1: Right. But after withdrawing the money, he then went to a nearby park and just waited to make sure that no one was going to be home. His sister, mom, dad, they were all going to be out. Which is
0: pretty typical for someone who's trying to skip school.
1: (laughs) Right. So that he could go in and not be noticed skipping Mm -hmm. school. Once he was sure that his family was gone, he was walking home. And this was seen actually on a neighbor's CCTV. And once he got home, he placed his school uniform in the washer, his blazer on the back of a chair, then changed into his casual clothing, which consisted of a black slipknot t-shirt, black jeans, and a bag that had different metal and rock band patches.
0: That's so cool.
1: I know. It just, <laughs> it's just so angsty. Honestly, just like the angsty teen in all of us. I mean, we all went through our emo mm-hmm. phase.
0: We don't talk about.
1: Some of us are still in it. <laughs> some of us are just now getting into it. And that is okay. And we're all just living our
0: best lives. That is a-okay. We all have some anger that we need to get out. And if listening to Slipknot helps you get some anger out, then do it. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe that was his outlet of how to express his anger. And that's why he was so level-headed is that he had that music to use as a coping mechanism. Can you tell she was a band nerd? Uh, (laughs) Can you tell that both of us were a band nerd? (laughs) He was not a band kid, though, as he preferred listening to the music rather than playing it. And once he got all dressed into his casual clothing, he took his keys, wallet, and portable PlayStation and left his house around 8.30 a.m. to go to the Doncaster Railway Station, where he purchased a one-way ticket to London. Something that he didn't grab, which is a
0: little odd, is he didn't grab his PlayStation charger. Which is so weird if he only booked a one-way ticket somewhere.
1: Right. He also didn't bring any identification with him. So he left his passport at home. So they knew he was not going to leave the country or anything Mm -hmm. like that. He really was just going to London. Another really, really weird thing that he left at home was... 100 pounds in cash. This was from
0: his birthday and like other things, but he went to the ATM to to withdraw 200 pounds exactly. but left the cash behind.
1: Yeah. So in at 9:35 a.m., he was seen boarding the train to King's Cross station alone. One woman reports sitting next to him on the train But he seemed normal to her and focused on playing his video game. At this point, the school had started and the admin had called to inform Andrew's parents that he was not there. Because normally parents will call and say, hey, my kid's not going to be there. You don't need to worry about Mm
0: it. I guess to help notify the parents if the child had skipped school. The school wants
1: the parents to know if their kid is skipping or anything like that. You know, you just want to know where your kid is. Of course. And if they're not in school where you think they should be, then they want to make sure that you know. Turns out, though, they accidentally had placed the call to the parents either below or above his contact information, so they never heard anything from the school.
0: You mean to tell me the school dialed the wrong phone number? That's exactly what happened.
1: Hmm. Right? I know. It's... A
0: little weird
1: that they would mess up calling a parent, but...
0: But I guess for Andrew, since he was such an excellent student with like 100%, you know... Attendance. Yeah, I guess they didn't really... They didn't...
1: They knew he was a very responsible kid, so they would never think him to actually skip, probably. Probably. So, they, it was probably nothing to even be worried about in the school's eyes. I mean... I used to skip a lot in high school and no one ever called my mom because the admin at the front knew me and they knew I always had good grades. So if I wasn't there, it didn't really matter.
0: Did I ever tell you about the time that I skipped class in uh, middle school and I ended up getting in school suspension for lying to my teacher about where I had been? Because this is middle school. All of my classes are basically in the same hallway And so, right after her class, I had my science class, which was three classrooms down from hers, and I lied to her, and I was like, what are you talking about? I was here. (laughs) She was like, no, you weren't, because you weren't here for attendance. I was like, I was in the bathroom, and I was at the nurse's office. And she was like, let me see your nurse's note. And I was like, I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) And so, of course, I got sent to um, in-school suspension, and my mother got put on the phone while I was in in in-school suspension. And she very silently yelled at me over the phone to the point that I was afraid of going home. And my mom made me write an apology letter (laughs) to my teacher that I lied to and made me read it in front of my whole entire... uh, I was in the seventh grade, seventh grade class.
1: I love that. Mm -hmm.
0: My mom's 10 out of 10. Honestly, that was probably the best punishment
1: your mom like, is terrifying. Yeah.
0: I didn't get grounded. No, no, no. I just had to be humiliated, humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom's a 10 out of 10. That's, that's great parenting on her part. And I never skipped school again or class or any of that for that matter because I didn't want my mom holding my hand from class to class in middle school in the seventh grade. But... At 11.20, Andrew's train arrived at the King's Cross station and was seen on the CCTV leaving the station at 11.25 a.m. That would be the very last time he was ever seen. Dinner time rolled around for the Gosden family and they had a family friend over and assumed that Andrew was downstairs either playing video games or doing homework or something because he kind of always kept to himself. But once they called Andrew for dinner and realized that he wasn't in the house, they assumed that he was at a friend's and maybe lost track of time, didn't forgot to call them. But after phoning his friends, the Gosden family was informed that Andrew never even made it to school that day. So you can kind of imagine the panic that now their parents are in, Oh realizing that, that all these hours have gone by and they haven't known where he is. Mass chaos. Yeah. So at 7 p.m., the police were called and alerted of Andrew's disappearance and the hunt began. So his family's out in the streets. His dad and his sister actually walked the route that he took back and forth from school to see if that maybe they could find any remnants of... Anything behind, like a bag or some clothing or something, but nothing was found. And while his dad and his sister are
1: out frantically searching all around that area, they were having flyers printed, and it actually only took three hours to have all the flyers printed out so they could start to hand them out and post them all around town. So that's, like, pretty fast, honestly, in I my opinion. I feel like it is. I feel like I take years to print something that I need printed. How do you even make a
0: flyer? I feel like the police probably printed oh, them out. You yeah, know what I mean? You're probably right.
1: Like, they probably have the means to print mass amounts of flyers mm-hmm. considering, you know. They're the they ones- did it in three hours. Yeah, and they're also the ones that are kind of investigating a uh, disappearance.
0: So For truths,
1: I feel like that's where they would start. Yeah. And then it was three days later... That they spoke with the woman who was working the ticketing booth when Andrew bought his ticket. And she even said she thought it was weird of him to turn down the return ticket because it cost less than a single pound. So the actual price of the ticket, the one-way ticket to London, was 37 pounds. Mm-hmm. For him to have a return, it was less than a pound. Weird. Yeah. And that's what she thought, too, because she was like, one, it's a school day. Two, you're very young. And three, you're not taking a return ticket.
0: But I guess if he was leaving, his father kind of wasn't super surprised because they had a lot of family and relatives that lived in London. Mm -hmm. So now it was kind of turning to let's contact everyone that we know in London to see if that maybe he just left and went there.
1: Yeah. And he probably assumed I could... Maybe get a ride back from family there, or he didn't know when he was going to come home because maybe he changed his mind and wanted to go see his grandma
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the weekend. I don't know. Maybe he was just stressed at school.
0: And even though this theory seemed pretty plausible to the family and the police, after Kevin reached out to all the family and relatives, Andrew was not with any of them or seen by any of them, which again is another red flag. Another theory that his parents came up with, along with the police, were to research all the surrounding concerts that were going on, which they ended up finding out that uh, there was a band called Sixth that had a farewell show that he was a really big fan of that were often known to play with Slipknot, which he had the Slipknot t-shirt on, so maybe that was where he was going, and maybe he met someone there, but they could never pull up footage of Andrew during those times or during those days. So that theory kind of went out the window.
1: They were able to pull up some CCTV footage from King's Cross Station, and that's the only CCTV that they were able to see of him in London at all. And so that's what they kind of put on flyers all out around London. So whenever the family was going around London to hand out flyers, they were showing the CCTV photos in addition
0: to the sketches and stuff like that as well. There was also a canal nearby that was never checked for some reason by the police. It was pretty remote, so no one really went over there, but if he had tragically been dumped back there, no one would have ever really known, which caused a lot of drama within the police station because people, the, the family, whoever were very angry at the police for many reasons, and that being one of them. Another reason was the fact that they didn't check CCTV footage until months and months and months later, in which a lot of the old footage during that time would have been deleted or lost. So the police station really was getting a lot of flack for that. Andrew's father really struggled with Andrew's disappearance. And in one interview, he was quoted saying, did he decide to do the whole Reginald Perrin thing and reinvent himself? Or was there something troubling him that he felt he couldn't tell us? In my heart, I still think his disappearance was spur of the moment thing. So you can really tell that his parents were really thrown off by this and that this was really out of character for him. I feel like if Andrew really did plan to leave he would have one brought more things with him and two left a note or like some sort of clue to let them know like the whole Reginald Perrin thing which that is in reference to in and- one of Andrew's favorite tv shows the fall and rise of Reginald Perrin where the plot is basically about a man who fakes his own death and reinvents himself and moves to another place. After that, things kind of went quiet. So about a year later in 2008, an anonymous tip was received. But by the time that someone could get to the phone to actually answer it and talk to the person that had the anonymous tip, they were gone and never heard from again.
1: The police even were sending out alerts and asking the public to kind of bring this person back up Mm -hmm. because he just, completely went away
0: which is so weird but maybe they got scared or maybe it was andrew himself exactly
1: so that's why they push so hard of like hey please please speak to us we want to know what your tip was but nothing ever came from that in
0: 2018 a message was received by a user underneath the name of andy rue i will get that correct from a town called lincoln and he asked for 200 pounds because his partner had just left he was in a really really tough position And that person that was chatting back and forth with him was like, you know what, you kind of live far from me, but can I wire you some money? And he got a really weird response. And just to sum it up, basically, it was that he didn't have a bank account because he left home at the age of 14, which was the same age that Andrew left home. And he left just because didn't have a bank account. But he left just because.
1: Which is very similar to what his dad was saying about this being a very spontaneous thing, completely out of character. So, this messenger is saying that he left home just because his dad is saying that it was a very spontaneous thing that happened spur of the moment. They kind of.
0: That relate. theory feels more right to me than a lot of the ones that are kind of surrounding this story. Like the one about
1: like the grooming theory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone was either grooming him from his Cub Scouts team and that's why he wanted to quit or he was talking to someone online and they were telling him to, hey, come to the city and I'll take you back home later on.
0: And that's why he didn't get the returning ticket.
1: Yeah, so there are some ideas of some type of possible grooming and that's why it was so spontaneous which also kind of makes sense because if you're in any type of grooming situation you're gonna hide it from everyone around you because you don't want anyone to know what's going on they have put you in a very manipulative place to where maybe you're afraid to tell anyone what's mm-hmm. going on so instead of saying anything to anyone you just keep it all secret and mm-hmm. Act Which wouldn't have moment. been
0: very hard to do because he kept to himself anyway. Exactly. So it wouldn't have seemed weird if he was being a little bit more quiet than usual. Exactly. But even after all the speculating, the investigation still went cold.
1: There was a lot of criticism towards the police as to why it went cold, though. At first, in the investigation, they heavily pointed at Kevin, the father. As a main suspect instead of going around town to find leads. Once they first called the police and they got there, they stayed and heavily questioned the family and really tried to point the fingers at them. And even the interviews and questionings that they had for the father, all of the questions that they were asking him were very like incriminating questions. And not ones that saw him as a victim. They
0: all pointed at him as the attacker. Which usually in these types of situations or cases, it's easy to assume that it was foul play due to the family. Right. And I think that, unfortunately, they wasted a lot of time questioning the father when they could have been reviewing tapes and really getting some more outreach.
1: Exactly, because... Once the family was clear, they still were incredibly slow to question anyone else. I mean, think about it. It took them three days to finally talk to the ticketer. Mm -hmm. And then it took them forever to pull up the CCTV from the King's Cross station. And then they never searched any other CCTV in the surrounding areas of the King's Cross station. So they didn't look at any of the closer train stations or any of the tubes (laughs) the tubes (laughs) the tubes you know but they didn't check anywhere else
0: which i want to play devil's advocate for a moment okay the only way that i can excuse this or like think in the way of i guess the police station in this moment was they probably just assumed that he was a teenage boy running away from home and that he would eventually just turn up at home so Half of me understands why they were probably slow to get to all of that stuff, but the other half of me feels like they should have just been on top of it anyway just in case a situation like this happened and it got out of hand to the point that now they have no idea where this boy even went.
1: Exactly. And there was reports of Andrew being seen at a pizza hut nearby and the Covent Garden. But it took them six weeks to finally go and check out those tips, though.
0: Which that footage probably would have been gone by then.
1: Well, it wasn't even the footage. It was them going to question the people that gave them the tips.
0: Oh, okay. Like,
1: people put in tips saying, Hey, we saw Andrew at Pizza Hut and the Covent Gardens. And they didn't go and question those people until six weeks later. I can barely remember anything from last week. Uh you I do not remember I mean? anything from yesterday. If someone was like, hey, we know you placed this tip six weeks ago, but can you recount everything? I'd be like, well, because I have a true crime podcast, <laughs> I did write everything <laughs> down for you. So here you go. But I feel as though the average person might not necessarily do that. If you're huge into true crime, maybe because you know the importance of it. Mm-hmm. If you're not, especially this is back – in 2008, 2007. Were there
0: true crime broadcasts out at that time? I was just but a child, so I don't even know if like that was a thing then. Exactly. The police may not have been completely on the ball, but in May of 2011, a sea rescuing team that like specialized in sea rescues offered to help the family by doing a sonar of the River Thames, which was right through London, And even though they did a sonar of the bottom and they did find a body, unfortunately, it was not Andrew's.
1: The family did say, though, that they hoped whoever those bones did belong to, whatever family is connected to that person, has some peace
0: which his family never really got any rest, And once they did find out about the chat and all that kind of stuff, they really looked into Lincoln as being a primary area that maybe that's where Andrew could be. So the family would every single day drive through Lincoln, hoping to find someone that at least resembled Andrew. They also made tons of accounts on the news and interviews that if, Andrew was upset with them or felt like they couldn't talk to him because there was a whole bunch of theories going around that maybe he was, like, gay, possibly. They just wanted to make sure that he was okay. So even if he didn't have, like, direct contact with the family, at least he could tell someone to tell the family that he was okay. So even though that there are a whole bunch of conspiracy theories out there to what exactly happened to Andrew, if he left willingly, if he was groomed, if he was, you know... Kidnapped at a concert. There's tons of theories out there. We'd love to hear what you guys think because we could sit here all day and talk about all the different ways that we could kind of twist and turn this story into somehow making sense. Which my hearts go out to the family of Andrew that one day they will find peace and one day they will find rest. But until then, always let someone know where you're going. Don't forget your PSP charger. Don't don't travel alone and don't, don't sleep, sleep alone. alone.